Jesus came from a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of a land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came near to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews have nothing, use nothing in common with Samarians. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and a cistern, the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than your father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flock? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am He, the one speaking with you. At that moment, the disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with the woman, but still no one said, what are you looking for, or why are you talking with her? The woman left with her jar and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out to the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me 
and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see, the fields are ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving his payment and gathering crops for eternal life, and that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified, that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that it is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Every year, and I'm sure I have told some of you this before, but every year I make an annual eight-day retreat, and I make it with a a wonderful priest in Scranton. His name is Monsignor Esif, and he's a a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, but he's also their exorcist. And not only is he their exorcist, but he has a real mystical life, so he was Mother Teresa's spiritual director and confessor and would go around the entire world just leading the nuns on retreat, and uh, his director was actually Padre Pio. And one of the gifts that Monsignor Esif has, that Padre Pio had, was the gift, is the gift to read souls. And I remember when I first went to see him, I was a little bit terrified um, that he was going to see something in my soul that was just really bad. And so I remember really being kind of um, a little nervous about it. And the amazing thing is, the first time I met with him, and he could read my soul, he looked at me with nothing but love. And even the worst sins that I had and was most afraid that I didn't even have to bring up to him, he looked at that, too, with nothing but love. And it was an amazing experience for me of of having kind of been revealed before someone and even the part of me that was most shameful or, or most afraid or most hidden was was reverenced and, and was seen with love. And I bring this story up today because I believe that this is what the woman at the well experienced. So the woman at the well, we know, had five husbands. And Jesus goes on to tell her, well, even the one you have now is not really your husband. You know, so he reveals to her, he already knows what she's going through. He already knows that she's had these five husbands. And so she sits down next to him, with him, And before you know it, she comes to this realization that he knows everything about her. Everything. And then that's the first thing that she says when she goes out into the town. She says, come meet a man who told me everything about myself. And I think the wonderful thing about it is she was rejoicing in that. She was rejoicing that there was this this prophet, she thought, or this man that nothing was hidden from. And not only was nothing hidden from, but he looked at her with great love. And I think about that, where he met her at the well is so significant. You know, because the well symbolizes um, 
that emptiness that we all have, that, that well that we just have this, this longing, and we try to fill it in a lot of unhealthy ways, you know, whether that be food or whether that be sexual things or whether that be addictions. We have a well that we're constantly trying to fill. And I love that it's right there that Jesus meets her. It's at her base desire for thirst. He meets her right at the well. So I just want you to think about that for a moment. What is your well? What is the place in your life that you just find this unquenchable longing or thirst? Or what is that sin in your life that you have been struggling with for so long or maybe have been afraid to reveal in confession? It's right there that Jesus meets you. And the wonderful thing is if you allow him to meet you there, if you go to the well, you will experience nothing but unconditional love. And I, that's one of the things I love about the sacrament of confession is when people come to confession, I think oftentimes people sometimes are afraid to reveal their sin or even people that might come face to face and know me say, Father, I, I don't know if I want to say this to you. And, uh, you know, they say, I'm afraid you're going to think differently about me. And when they bring up whatever sin that is, I know in my heart I've only experienced more love for that person. I only see them with more love because they've had the, the, the courage to, to bring up and, and the trust in, in me as a priest to bring up whatever that sin was. And ultimately, that's how God treats sin. That's how God treats whatever your well is. He's waiting there. And that's kind of how I like the priest, the image of the priest in the confessional with the red light on. God is just waiting there for you. Jesus is waiting right there in that sacrament. And ultimately, the only way we can have our well fulfilled is right here. It's right at the Eucharist that we receive the body and the blood of Christ. And it's a reflection back to the first reading uh, when Moses was commanded to strike the rock and he struck the rock and from the rock gushed this water. The same thing happened when Jesus died on the cross. The centurion struck his side and gushed water and blood. Right here at this well, his water and his blood is flowing for you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your sin. He knows your longing. And above all that, he loves you. And so come to him and just allow him to meet you at your well.